0: Welcome to ContenderCast, a global leadership and consumer industries entrepreneurship podcast centered on shining a light on bright ideas. And now, here's your host, Justin Hahneman.
1: Thanks for listening. Thanks for tuning in. Thanks for downloading. It's Justin Hahnemann on am the ContenderCast. We're shining a light on bright ideas. Today, we're bringing to you a really cool early stage company in the wine space that you're absolutely going to be loving and you're going to be very thirsty at the end as usual um on the podcast today one of my new friends jessica hirschfeld she is the founder and ceo of just enough wines i can't even wait jess to dive in today thanks so much for joining us on the podcast
0: thank you so much for having me i'm excited i am too i can't
1: even wait i've got tons of questions for you um and we have to start off with this one. So I, I'm first of all excited about the space. I love the beverage space, love consumer products as we talked about earlier. Um, checked out your background incredible you've had some really great experiences first of all a stanford alum which is amazing but like in human <laughs> biology you. and global public health which is amazing but like oh my god how does that have anything to do with wines this is all part of the story i can't even wait to unpack you spent time at uber and at lime and google um and here you are you starting your own business so share with us first of all how did your background lead you to wanting to start your own company
0: yeah, you know, and it's a great question and I think my entire life I've always been, you know, somewhat entrepreneurial and always had the idea that I wanted to start my own company. But I don't think I was really ever ready until now. Um, you know, I think the the, the roles that I've had have given me the expertise and the background to really have, you know, like the startup mentality. Um, you know, as you said, I've worked at some really massive companies which have taught me some um, the You know, the ghouls of the world, they teach you structure and they teach you how to stay in your lane and how to do one thing really, really well, which sure. was a great learning experience in the beginning. But then you go to a company like Uber, which when I joined, it was, you know, less than less than twenty five hundred people. So it was still still big, but um, in the startup world. And I was in Asia, so I was like a team of four people. So you really oh. learn like the scoffiness. <laughs> and you get to learn like when you see a problem, you go fix it, you go do it. Whatever your role is, whether you're marketing, you might then go end up <laughs> being a you know, customer service agent. That's kind of what you do. Absolutely. Um, and then finally I landed at, yeah, and finally I landed at Lime. Um, and when I started, we were less than 200 people. So I seemed to be getting smaller and smaller and smaller <laughs> with my companies to um, deciding one day that I was not, Finding myself being super fulfilled by working for somebody else, and I really wanted to follow one of my passions and pursue, as I said, starting my own company um, wow. and go from a team of less than two hundred to one um, <laughs> <laughs> and start my company. <laughs> and
1: I think that's all that awesome. <laughs> I love it, and you know, you hear a lot of those common threads and entrepreneurs. And it's, it is, it's exciting to, to have an idea and then see it come to life. Um, Just enough wines, which is, I love the, uh, the brand and the company and whatnot and the idea. So talk about this space and how you decided this is going to be the space to focus on.
0: Yeah. So I was, so I, I left Lyme, um at the end of, of November of, of 2019. So last year, um and I did a whole lot of soul searching of what are things that get me excited um and for me I have always loved wine um you know it it was kind of the habitual after work experience but I also loved the like ubiquitous nature of it that you could go to this fancy dinner and have this great bottle of wine, but then, you know, use it as a stressor after work and enjoy like a Netflix and chill night. Also, totally. Um, so landed on wine as the thing that I wanted to pursue. Um, and then I got to, um, a smaller portion size because I was really trying to solve a problem for myself. Um, one <laughs> instead that of popping I, open a bottle
1: and just drinking the whole thing, you just wanted to start with just a can. <laughs> <laughs>
0: Absolutely, absolutely. You know, I would, I would drink. You know, either I would drink too much and feel bad about myself, or I would, you know, not finish it and end up wasting it right. a couple days later and still feel bad because you know you're wasting know. money. It you're is a predicament. Isn't so, it a
1: predicament? I mean, really?
0: <laughs> totally. Um, so I was solving use case for myself. Um, wanted a smaller portion size, um, so I landed on on cans as that go to smaller portion size. And then for me, living in San Francisco, it really hits on me being able to take this with a grain of salt. This is pre-COVID world, but (laughs) being able to, you know, go and and go hiking or go to a picnic or go to the beach, like being able to bring a can of wine as opposed to a bottle and deal with glasses and bottle openers and all of that it solved the use case that I wanted for myself in the way that I wanted to drink
1: wine. I love that. And what a great use case. That's, that's very cool. Um, yeah. And I love the, at least the picture of the, the initial Pinot Noir on your website here. Yes. Um, so talk about, so cool. Got the idea. You, you figured out your why. And then like, how did you go from that to figuring out how to get wine and cans and all of that?
0: Yeah, it's a great <laughs> question. I, I, <laughs> I went into an industry that I literally knew nothing about, um, which is great. It's a great industry. Yes, it is. Um, and you know, it's, it's, it's an industry full of people that similar to why people want to drink wine, which is that bringing people together and enjoying experiences together. I found that people in the wine industry really want to help people. Um, so that's where I started. I just reached out to a bunch of different industry specific experts, people who are in the industry, people who own wineries, just trying to talk to them to figure out how I'd even go about doing this. Um, And then I spent a lot of time on Google, (laughs) Um, (laughs) figuring out (laughs) literally how to go about this. Um, And then I just tried to take one step each day. So whether that was, you know, forming the LLC for my company to then how I would source the cans and how I would go about sourcing the wine. And I luckily landed into a market that's a really fascinating one right now, where there's this massive, um, bulk wine, which is just fully created excess wine available for purchase by the gallon. Interesting. Um, and so I, yeah, so I found my wine that way and then buying it just by the gallon and then found a, a canning partner, um, which is actually an interesting, you know, their canning wine is a pretty new um, area and a pretty antiquated industry. So right. there aren't that many canning facilities out there. Sure. Um, so I found one up in Napa, who um, has really been helpful in working, working with me. So kind of just put all the pieces together and just took one, you know, one step at a time to figure out how to make this business a reality.
1: And so... I, I love that. And, and you make it sound simple. I know there are many nuances to it, like finding a canning partner and whatnot. Um, like how did that come together? And like, what were, what were the keys to, I'll say developing that first prototype, you know what I mean? Where you had actual cam with product in it and we're like, Hmm, okay. This tastes good. Yeah. Um, so
0: the first, I think big step that I took, and 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 I eventually we. So I, I did eventually bring on a co-founder um, a couple months into the business. Um, and so the the biggest first step that we took is really figuring out what the branding of the business would look like. Got it. Um, what do we want the feel to be? What do we want the look to be like? Um, which really helped drive all of our decisions moving forward. It helped to then design what we want the look and the feel of the label to be, but it then also helped to decide. You know, we ended up wanting a premium quality wine with the convenience of a can. Because I was, you know, as I said, I was I was solving a use case for myself. Right. Where I wanted to be able to drink wine that I like drinking. Out of
1: a can. <laughs> Not just and cheap wine. Most
0: of the, <laughs> yeah. most of right. the stuff that was in the can when I started this was, frankly, pretty crappy wine. Um, <laughs> yeah. And so... when we you know the first step we took was really nailing down what the brand mantra is and we want it to look like and then that helped just you know to drive all decisions moving forward so we figured out we wanted this premium quality unisex very modern looking brand that was very approachable so then we went out and sourced the wine so we wanted to have a quality wine right so we needed to find a more premium higher-end wine once we found the wine then we were able to design the label um, and the label is a very modern look and feel. Um, you know, it's, it's unisex. It's, it's, you know, very, you know, popping colors. We think, um, so we just, you know, from brand to wine to label and then to operational, you know, we, we then found the canning producer. We then figured out how to order the labels, how to order all of the slides to put it into the can. Um, and then from there, how do we market it? How do we get it to market? How do we grow it? Um, we kind of took steps once we had the initial concept and idea to fruition.
1: Got it. And so, um, I love hearing the story about that. Now, what was the value of bringing on a co-founder? How did that help you and and the overall business?
0: Oh, it's a game changer. I think I, you know, I, I'd never started a company before. Um, and I think for, for especially a, a, you know, first time founder, starting a company is a a slog. You kind of feel like you're, you're working through the mud and it's really difficult when you don't have anybody to bounce ideas off of. You don't have anybody when you're having a bad day to give you some, some encouragement and some excitement. And so bringing on the co-founder for me really drove the business to the next step and kind of put it into full gear and help us move, move forward to launch.
1: I love that. That's so valuable. Um, we're catching you guys right in the middle of, uh, kind of about to launch your first product. So what, what are the keys to getting that product to, to market? And then what is that market looking like? What's the initial focus?
0: Yeah. Um, so, so we've, we've really tried to focus prior to launch as much as we possibly can getting our name out there. Sure um so the the first step that we've done is we you know we we started our social media page um you know we're we're (laughs) on instagram really trying to build yeah i mean really trying to build as much of a following as you can so that when you do you know press the go live button you can have some sales at the very beginning um so trying to build up a brand presence from the beginning we also um prior to our launch did an indiegogo campaign to try to raise some funds to help with the first production and help with marketing costs, but mainly to drive awareness um, and use it as a marketing tool prior to launch. Um, and then as we get ready, you know, we're, as you said, we're, we're looking to launch our cans in the next few weeks. Um, so we're we're starting to figure out how do we make a splashy, you know, entrance into the market, make sure that when we do put out press releases, that it is exciting and, and either that's, Telling my story, which is take you know take a world of, of complete tech background <laughs> and escape the expectations of what you've done your whole life to be right. something that is completely different, um and you know out of the ordinary and most people in the world would recommend against doing, but I want to do it because I love it. Either totally. telling that story, or just you know trying to tell the story of of why we think canned wine is so awesome. Um, <laughs> you know, it's it is a new fairly new market for especially for wine drinkers and trying to figure out how to fit with the traditional wine drinkers with the craft beer drinkers with right. the new the new you know white claw exactly <laughs> you know, it's on
1: fire you know? drinkers yep, exactly um, Seltzer.
0: <laughs> yeah yeah um so trying to figure out how to like market to them and, and make it exciting for them to convince them to come whether it's online or, or in store to to buy just
1: enough wine. That's cool. So what does the launch look like? Is it one flavor, one brand? I talk about what that's gonna look like.
0: Yep. Um so we're gonna launch with two varietals. Um we're starting you. with a <laughs> varietal, Pinot Noir, not flavor, you
1: <laughs> varietals. Yep varietals. <laughs> there we go. <laughs>
0: um, we're launching with a Pinot Noir and a Chardonnay.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Um, and our, our Pinot Noir comes from Edna Valley in the central coast of California. Um, and it's a, it's a 20, 2018. So we're vintage and Appalachian specific. So Got you know, it. really hitting on the quality of the wine. Hmm. Um, and then our Chardonnay is a, um, 2018 and it comes from Aola Amity Hills in the Willamette Valley of Oregon. Oh, wow. Um, yeah um so both really you know I think they're they're amazing wines, super high quality, they're dry and acidic, and they're i'm I'm very excited to be able to try them that's, that's, um, that'll be a big part of selling
1: launch, it, right sampling and whatnot,
0: yes. Exactly. It's part of the reason why I went into wine is that's one of my, you know, the <laughs> right. who doesn't want to sample wine. <laughs> that, <laughs> exactly. I get to go around and sell my, my product, which is just basically having dinner parties with people having my wine. <laughs> right. um, <That's> great. <laughs> so it's great. Um, so we'll launch with those two varietals. Um, we're going to start with California only. Mm-hmm. Um, part of that is distribution rights. Yep. Um, Distribution, um, you know, liquor licensing laws are are, are, are challenging. Um, yep. and so we're going to start in, in California direct-to-consumer um, only. And then as we expand, especially in California, we'll look into go into um, marquee partnerships or interesting partnerships that we think are great areas for us to sell our wine before we go into retail. And Got so, it. so some examples of that are for, are potentially going into like golf courses, for example, sure. I think golf and a canned wine is a great use case. Totally so going agree. into golf courses, yeah. drink cart, um, for sure. Or, <laughs> right. Eg- exactly. Exactly. Um, so finding those unique partnerships where we can sell our canned wine before we then go into retail and grocery stores.
1: I mean, um, you really think about like it, it. If you think about it, it does it have to be chilled by the way or not.
0: It, it doesn't have to be, especially the Pinot. I mean, yep. you, know, you you don't drink your pinot chilled,
1: but... You know, you think uh, about, uh, like... It doesn't the, have to you, be. You think about use cases, like, think about theaters, for example. You know, when you, they have the intermissions or the pre-show, you buy drinks and whatnot. Bottles of wine are, like, a total hassle. But cans would be easy. Pop open, here you go. You know, like, there's just... Uh, uh, I think there's a lot of really cool use cases for it versus having a bottle.
0: Yeah, absolutely. I think anywhere that you... You want to enjoy a drink, but don't want to have to deal with a glass or a bottle. Right? Is, you know, totally. <laughs> you know. You think about when you're going out on a boat. You want to. You don't want to have to deal with the pouring oh, the wine on the boat moving. Yeah, like
1: boat. That's a great so yeah, idea.
0: Um,
1: yeah. It, there's I
0: a mean, whole bunch of like in today's world. There, there's a bunch of like, which is such a you know, I, I love it. Like going back to old school, but all these drive-in movies are popping up because it's out outdoors. Totally. That's um, like a a great great use case for our cans. So trying to figure out what those are interesting partnerships to figure out how you know who our target demographic is and really who is buying it and why. Um, that's going to be how we learn hmm. to, to scale smartly in the future.
1: Yeah, that'll be really fun to watch. I mean, you guys can get some good input from your consumers. I mean, like you think about if you do want spark down the sparkling path. I mean, you might get you know you might steal some share or, or some interest from people buying some of the the uh sparkling waters and whatnot that we talked about earlier i mean like there's just a, there's a lot of really great potential there um that's awesome so uh i know it's early right. in the process but like what would be one or two like big lessons learned just for you being new in the startup space uh, that you could share with our listeners
0: yeah um so I'll, I'll give two. I think the first one is, um, as I mentioned this kind of earlier, um, <laughs> the startup world is a grind. When you're a first-time founder, especially, it is really hard. And the advice, the, the thing that I learned and the advice that I got for myself, which has been a huge help, is, as I said, just take one step every day. Just do one task every day as you move forward, um, whether it's you know filing for your LLC or just buying your domain name or something super simple (laughs) take one step every day um eventually you'll get to a point where you really feel some traction you really feel like you're you've made your way through the mud and you can keep going and that was super helpful for me is that i just took one step every day until i hit a point where i turned back and i was like oh my god i have more things that i could possibly do in a day um and you kind of hit the ground running um so that was one advice that i got early and that was super helpful um The other thing that that I think was surprising for me is, especially in the wine industry, which is such an antiquated, you know, kind of old school industry, I think a lesson that I learned is that things move much more slowly than I was used to in the tech world. Um, And it was a a real practice of my patience sometimes to be sitting here waiting for, you know, licensing approval to come in or my wine to be shipped or or whatever it was, it took a lot longer than I think the fast paced tech world that I was so used to. And so it really kind of had to learn how to go with the flow and be more chill with the wine industry. Sure.
1: No, I I could see that (laughs) totally. And Mm -hmm. I mean so much, um, in front of you, that would be really, cool and exciting. I think it'd be great to have you back on too, um, as you're getting product in market and whatnot, to to learn what you've learned and and, uh, have you share that with our audience. It's pretty cool. Um, Share with our listeners where they can find you, how they can order your product if they're living in California, or at least check out your brand.
0: Yes. Please check out our brand and we will scale to more states. So I'm sure you know, follow us so that we're, we're, we're coming soon. Um, but you can find us on our website at just dot com, And then we are on Twitter, Instagram, Facebook at just enough Wines, and probably going to be on Pinterest and, maybe TikTok, I don't know. <laughs> <TikTok>. <laughs> so <laughs> so <funny. laughs> at, at, at just enough or at just is our social handle. So feel free to find us there.
1: That's really cool. Well, Jess, it has been great having you on the podcast. Thanks for telling us your story or sharing at least the, the early parts of your story. There's so much more to be told um, in the next six to eight months. So thanks for coming on.
0: Yeah, I I appreciate it. It's been a lot of fun and and hopefully you'll you'll be able to try our our wine soon and tell me what you really think. I'm gonna have
1: to like come out to California to have it or ship it to someone in California. (laughs) That's gonna be great.
0: Yes, absolutely. (laughs) The Contender Cast is sponsored by Henderson Shapiro Peck and powered by Contender Brands.